first, so <clears throat> I wore a dress to the con that actually Soren has loved for a long time. I've had this dress for years. I don't even know how I got it. Do you know how I got the orange dress? Oh, I probably encouraged you to get it. Oh, You're I'm... like, uh, I don't, I don't think. It... It, I think it shows too much, or yes. right, or it's too short, or it is, all it is of those things. Fluorescent orange, like so bright orange, it like would put safety vests to shame. Yeah, and it's it, low cut. It's low cut and has like a cutout mm -hmm. so that you can see through, and is too short. So it's actually just the right length. <laughs> it's pretty short. So I've had it for all this time, and I will wear it to like play party kind of events, and that's really it. Mm -hmm. And so I wore it to Kinkfest all day. And so I also did not wear a bra, which honestly, it has been many, many years since I went out in public in any way, shape, or form without some kind of bra on. Well, and the, the dress was better for it. Yeah, oh, the, the dress looked better, because the yeah. cutout, you don't want to look at that cutout and mm -hmm. see like the bra. Yeah. You want to see like, you know. Titty. <laughs> you want to see titty through the titty window, that's what you, you know? Want. So I was feeling really self-conscious and, and kind of anxious coming in. And we're just like at the entryway where you're like packing your stuff in and putting your phones away. Yeah, we weren't even into the, the expo hall yet. And uh, you ran over to get some programs. I did I, because uh, it's friends of ours, not just a friend of ours who's on the cover of the program, but also friends of ours who took the picture and tied the rope that's yeah. on that cover. And so we got a couple of extra programs so that they could have programs of their work because they're not here this weekend. Evidence of their magic. Mm -hmm. And so I, I ran across to grab those programs and ran back because I'm kind of scampering to try to hurry and not make you wait for me. And uh, this woman approaches me. She says, excuse me, is it okay if I comment on your dress and on your body? And I said, sure, go ahead. Uh, and she said, I just had to say, I just had to tell you that uh, when you were walking. When I saw you walking away from me mm -hmm. in that bright orange dress, mm -hmm. she said, your booty looks more like a peach than any booty I've ever seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, it's just like a perfect peach. Yes. And, and I said, that's what I've been saying all along. <laughs> it was just a very nice compliment to receive and a really good way to kick off the day because then I kind of had a little spring in my step. Best compliment ever. It's pretty good. This is Kink Quest, leveling up our kink achievements one dungeon at a time. We're your adventuring companions through the world of kink, Anna and Soren Sterling. Come check out the community and join the fun at www.kinkquest.org forward slash discord to find our discord server. Or you can just go to kinkquest.org and find the website. I'm going to go there right now. <laughs> Discussion on this show may not be appropriate for younger listeners. If you're a young person looking for more information on kink or sexual health, please visit Scarletine at www.scarletine.com. You really need a screen over here. I know. I'm going to screen on this like, by the mic because yeah. then I don't have to keep you looking. You could literally use that surface if that helps you. Well, next time I will. It's right there. It, <laughs> they can't see where you're pointing. I can. And that's all that matters. You're going to be a lot today, aren't you? Yes, it's what I have. This is episode 18, and we are talking about our trip to... Kinkfest. Kinkfest. 
So it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We brought recording equipment, although we weren't allowed to record at the convention itself. I was, we, I was a little miffed by that. You were, but they're trying to keep recording equipment out, which makes sense. Uh, so instead, we just recorded kind of before and after from the hotel room and had a lot of cool observations. It was fully exhausting. It was exhausting, but it was good exhausting. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so we were in Portland all weekend long. And we went to the convention every day and had a lot of good observations. So it was a great time. Hopefully uh, folks will find it helpful in the case that you wanted to know what a large kink convention is like. We uh, will be able to share a little bit about that. All right. So you can listen to that now. Like magic. Well, so we haven't been to the to King Fest itself yet. Mm-hmm. We are in Portland. Yep. We got here last night. Yep. Made the drive. Got had all a, settled. Had a good dinner with friends. Mm-hmm. Well, so there are a few things I wanted to talk about. Like, so the first one is just getting to the hotel, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because I don't know, you know, what the expectation is, but like. We're here, and it's just this, like, super standard, like, family hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I expected, like, a glory hole situation. <laughs> what? <or> no. <laughs> like, it's just a major corporate hotel. Yeah. That's it. And but but you can spot the kinksters everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. We're all over the place. Then the next part is uh, some other friends from Seattle were here, some of our good friends, and we met up and had dinner, like mm-hmm. Soren said, and that was really fun and really cool and just feels kind of like feels almost like being on a school trip. I think this is me showing ah. that I've been a parent my whole adult life. This is like on your nerdathlon or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. just running around the hotel with friends and in, hanging in out. Your, in your socks? Yeah, I really love staying at like the official convention hotel as mm-hmm. opposed to somewhere off-site because of that, because of the like kinksters everywhere vibe. Right. Uh, and then we actually did a really fun thing where we came back to the room because I'd said our plan was to review the whole schedule and basically mark the things that we might be interested in. So well, that, and, and what is KinkFest? I suppose that's fair. Yeah. I mean, we're going to know more in a little bit here. Yeah. But KinkFest is like Disneyland for kinksters. Mm-hmm. It's a giant expo center in Portland. And there are going to be workshops on all kinds of things from like very physical things. Like uh, there's a dual wielding flogger class taught by Midori that right. looks really cool. Like kink celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. People, uh, there's like an author, Anton Fullman, who I recently read his book and I'm really interested in seeing. I think he's got a workshop on long-term DS. And a big vendor fair. Giant vendor fair. Tons of vendors. You can get whips, cuffs, yeah. corsets. Allegedly the world's biggest dungeon. Yeah, we talked about that a little mm-hmm. in the end of the last episode. Yeah. It's supposed to be half a football field. Yeah. It's supposed to be all kinds of different equipment. We heard tell that, well, I know there's a hook pole. Mm-hmm. Um, there's supposed to be a squirting alley, all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff going on there. There's a stage where there are going to be uh, different shows, performances yeah. going on the whole time. There's a fashion show. So there's like a lot of potential ways that you could spend time there. So we wanted to sit down and kind of look at everything and see... How do we want to spend our time? Mm-hmm. There are community groups. Mm-hmm. There's like a BIPOC community group and uh, some for like very, spe- there's a pony community group. So for very specific kinks, they have kind of discussion groups where they're going to just get together and kind of hang out. It's like the gnomes party. Yeah, right. And so we came back to the room and we all settled in and went through the, the workshop schedule kind of one 
one line at a time and it was a lot of fun it was really cool we put it up put up the schedule on the the hotel tv yep and just kind of scanned through the different events and everybody's kind of picking the things that they want to participate in Mm -hmm. but then the interesting part for me is that as we're going through we're like some people in the room didn't necessarily know what one thing was immediately or or the other and then we're kind of talking about like is this something that like you have interest in or is this something that you don't right we're having like all these conversations about different kinks which Mm -hmm. led to actually just like a really cool kind of hangout yeah so that was fun uh and that's like the night before Kinkfest even starts. So we woke up this morning and we've kind of been taking the slow path to get to Kinkfest. Uh, I went and had breakfast and now we're getting ready to head over to the Expo Center. And at breakfast, I asked Soren, uh, what do you think about this vendor fair we're going to? And I think, you know, one of the, the my core response is there's so much secrecy and there's so much kind of veiling of, of really what's inside of the the event. You know, there's text on the website. And, there are no photos on the Kingfest site. And, and no photos are really allowed. There are a handful of photos for the people who are presenting. Yeah, we had hoped to kind of interview some people at the con and found out that we can't have any audio recording devices. Yeah, no recording devices at all. at all. Like no no photos, no video, no audio, and I get it. You can't have your phone out, yeah. which I understand, I understand why it's like that. But because the question was, what do I expect? And I think the... Uh, response is I have no idea what to expect and I feel like that's not necessarily great because like it's it's good if you kind of can put your head in the space before you get there you don't need to understand everything perfectly but I said if we went like on vacation to Mexico and you have no idea what the resort looks like you have no idea what the food looks like or what the scenery looks like it's difficult for you to put your head in that space before you get there Mm -hmm. and I would love to get to the place and I'm sure we'll talk about it more where we can kind of open up uh, some of that that shrouding to to really make it more friendly and open and accessible so that it's less scary and less it, it by the nature of, of sharing more of it it needs to be hidden less uh, so that that was just I'm walking into it I've been to events like this I've been to you know parties and and even like vendor fairs but nothing of the size or the stature mm-hmm. it's true we've been to some big uh, swing events, mm-hmm. but I don't think any of them were quite as big as Kingfest no, is. Not at all. It was like a hotel takeover, yeah. and Conclave was actually just another hotel takeover, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, and I think even down to like the website for this event, it's like all black and red. It's like dark and kind of concealed, and and it gives you kind of a feeling that that uh, this is something that you don't talk about publicly. Mm-hmm. And this is especially worth discussing here because that's really, again, the whole driving force behind KingQuest and that whole identity. We built the map and everything is all fantasy themed and all the art is all kind of pretty and safe and fantasy themed. And bright colors, aesthetically pleasing. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to go head out and see what we see. And see what we see. Yeah, we'll report back. Okay, so we are just back from our first trip over to the con we got rained on all the way back and are my kinks tired (laughs) your kinks got worked out a little bit a little bit like not in the fun way but we were doing the vendor hall and you saw a lot of stuff that like your eyes just got like really big and round yeah like cartoon eyes (laughs) you did get cartoon eyes a little bit well it was it was pretty incredible just in terms of the the breadth of the different types of things that were there it was an enormous vendor hall it was a really nice vendor hall Mm -hmm. and we always like talking to the different vendors, and these are usually people who actually made the stuff that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
really getting to understand like why they were excited about the things and why mm -hmm. they why they uh, made them. So there's like this breast clamp that I'm really interested in. Oh, the breast vise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it uh, it attaches or or uh, what acts as a vise. Yeah, the bottom part goes under the titties, mm -hmm. top part goes on top of the titties. Yeah. And then there are uh, screws that like will poke you, which mm -hmm. I'm less interested spikes, in. Spikes. Spikes. Yeah, you don't want to spike your titties. You like keeping them whole. Oh yeah, <laughs> but well, I mean, unless we're talking about piercing, but the, <laughs> different story. But then uh, the other intriguing part is that there are metal contacts on it so mm -hmm. that you could use a uh, violet wand. For the violet wand, which yeah. someone burned out our violet wand, so we probably need a new one. Someone did. Someone yeah. did. So what else do we see? Uh, well, so there's a really cool corset stand mm -hmm. called, was it, it was steel? Did you, did you get the card from the corset place? Of course. Yeah, I really want to say what they were because it was in, oh, here, steel, steel, Steel Bones. So they have a website at steelbones.com. So they had a lot of corsetry and they had it in a lot of sizes because I'm not a little girl and normally at conventions uh, I find that I can't have a corset at the convention. I can special order it and actually I did have to special order yeah. one but but they had they had corsets in my size. It was just that the particular one I wanted mm -hmm. they didn't. But I saw a corset dress that looked exactly like this legendary uh, prom dress. It's like emerald green. Yeah, part of part of our story of our youth was that I went to the dress store to get my dress for the dance, and my mom looked at. I like tried on a bunch of dresses, and I tried on this one that was like, quote unquote, stupid expensive, which was probably like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I think it was probably one hundred and fifty. Which today is like what they go for, I think. But back then, my mom was like, "No way, no how, I'm not buying that dress." And I was all bummed out and uh, wanted to show pictures to Soren because I really wanted him to see my dress. And then he came to visit for the weekend. We were long distance. He was away at college at that point. And he bought me the dress so that I could like be a princess at mm -hmm. the dance. And we went to the dance together. And it was this amazing, magical moment in our relationship. So this corset is like made out of a very similar material, very similar color. Similar shape. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, it is like the kinky version of that dress. Mm -hmm. But it's it has a shorter skirt on it. It's not like a full length it's gown. It's like that dress except instead of a ball gown, my ass is hanging out. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Pretty good. Uh, what else do we see? Uh, so we also saw a really cool uh, kind of chain mail and leather shop called Odd Fox Armory. Mm -hmm. And they had a bunch of really cool stuff, but one particular thing that Soren really liked was called was called the Whacker. Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, his eyes are doing the thing right now. It was like a leather paddle, a leather paddle, but set onto the leather leather paddle was a set of relatively heavy chainmail, so that when you thwap it, then like it it's really thuddy, but it also has like kind of a deep sting to it, like a deep sting, mm -hmm. which was really intriguing. And it's not that it wasn't that big. Well, and it's really neat because there's kind of the backside of it, which would let you hit with it and get leather mm -hmm. with the chain mail weight behind it, but you're hitting with like leather. Or you can flip it around and, and you do impact with the chain mail side and it leaves cool patterns. And then there's even like along the edge, mm -hmm. it has this kind of cross hatch pattern so that you could get that pattern from it and it's use like, it almost more like cane like. It's like stitching around the edge and hitting it sideways like has an entirely different feel to it. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I don't know, it's possible that we'll go back and get because mm -hmm. Soren was pretty intrigued. It's pretty cool. Also, oh, so actually the 
the advice that you liked mm -hmm. came from Torrid Timber. Mm -hmm. So they have a website at torridtimber.com. It was crazy uh, the the devices and the tools and kind of the woodworking things that they had there. So they had a lot of cool stuff, but they actually almost caught me forever because almost they had a super cool cage that like all the bars of the cage were this like frosted acrylic with like color changing leds inside yep so all of the vertical bars around the perimeter it's it's color changing bars and the bottom of it had this really heavy padding that like you could really be on your knees even if you have knees that mm -hmm. aren't awesome yeah it's closed cell phone closed cell phone with with a uh cover and they scattered candy inside the cage so <laughs> i said almost i almost fell for, fell for it i was like candy yeah. but they build amazing things and they do custom work they had pictures of this whole bed that they built that had a cage underneath it and it had like stocks on the bed mm -hmm. and all kinds of cool it stuff. was it was a full-size cage that would live underneath a king-size bed yeah which is what i keep telling soren now that we need to have it's amazing yeah and then also another place that was called Kinbaku Studio. They had a lot of rope stuff. And what was they the spelling on Kinbaku? K-I-N-B-A-K-U. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of rope stuff and they had uh, like suspension rings. And then they had this collar that I like actually kind of cried all the way home that I didn't get. <laughs> uh, that's this iridescent kind of color shifting metal and it's an infinity collar that closes with uh, an Allen, Allen, wrench. Allen wrench. But it was just very thin and dainty and delicate, and it just really spoke to me. Uh, but they didn't have, so basically the, the measurement that I needed for, to fit my neck perfectly in the color that I wanted, they didn't have today. Mm -hmm. So I am now torn about whether I want to wait and have them ship me the perfect one mm -hmm. or whether I want to just go a size smaller and just go ahead and get it so I can wear it at Kinkfest. Yeah. But lots of lovely people. Uh, you can definitely tell that you're in a kinky place with everybody who's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. It was very cool. It's one of my favorite vendor halls that mm -hmm. we've ever been to. And I think just generally nice people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was we were with our people for sure. Uh, so we didn't get to explore much else. There weren't any workshops we wanted to see today, so we didn't go to where the classrooms were. The dungeon wasn't open. It doesn't open until later tonight. It's Friday, mm -hmm. so um, they don't really get rolling until tonight because a lot of people still had to work on Friday. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really see the dungeon yet. We haven't really seen any of the other spaces yet other than just kind of the lobby and the vendor hall, mm -hmm. but the vendor hall was really super cool. Yeah, so... Uh we're going to go back tomorrow and we'll have more to share about actual conversations and workshops. Yeah, we have a hard decision to make at nine mm -hmm. between do we want to see the uh, kink and neurodivergence workshop at nine or do we want to see the who's your daddy workshop at mm. nine? Yeah, well, we could kink wrestle over it. <laughs> that was a game we toss a coin. Let's find out what happens. <laughs> find out what happens. All right, we're going to go get some dinner. We will check in later. Here we are. Saturday night. What a day. What a day. We were just talking through the day and can't even believe everything that happened in just one day. Yeah. So uh, which class did we go to in the morning? It was what, neurodivergence or who's your daddy? So we went to neither. Neither. <laughs> we, we didn't actually make it. To the con at 9 a.m. We slept our asses in. Yeah, we did. And then we went down and had shitty hotel breakfast, yeah. which 
it, so the food was not amazing. Yes. But it was hot breakfast yes. and it was free at the hotel and we didn't have to go anywhere to get it. And it so, was here. Yeah, right here at the hotel. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Um, and then headed over yep. to the expo hall where you will not be shocked to find the very first thing we did. Bought the collar. Bought the collar. The, I have one, the, the one that's technically too small. We actually bought, well, we're trying to buy two collars. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's technically too small is in my hot little hands right now. Yeah. And then the one that actually fits, we're trying to order, although the vendor's not sure if she has any more. Yeah. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Yeah. But uh, with the collar, because it is a little tight, like not too tight where you can't breathe, but like, you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, I, I wore it all day and yeah. actually loved it. It's too tight for me to like lay down in or mm-hmm. to wear like all day and all night. I have to take it off and take breaks. Yeah. Um, but I think for like an event color, it mm-hmm. has a really, it looks really cool. Right. Um, it, it just stays in place kind of perfectly because it is a little too tight. So I love that. So we got the collar. Yep. There was actually a very cool shibari scene going on mm-hmm. in the uh, on the stage. Main stage. Yeah, and that was I thought that was really cool how dynamic it was. I mean, I've seen many scenes like that before, but he just I thought had a really good flow of kind of moving from one position to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. We watched that for a little bit. Said hi to some people. Mm-hmm. Then we went to a class. Yeah. Uh, was was it, that next? Yeah. yeah. Although, no, next. actually, yeah. I think actually we saw the Shibari after the class, but I'll yeah. cut this part because it yeah, doesn't yeah. really matter. Whatever. But, uh, and then we went to a class. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was, oh, I also wore my plug mm-hmm. to Kinkfest. For a number of hours. Yeah, so that was a lot. Uh, so we, I by that time, after we got the collar, we got the collar put it on and mm-hmm. now I'm standing there I'm in the too tight collar mm-hmm. in the plug uh, kind of feeling a little droppy from the first day anyway mm-hmm. and you were like come on we're going to the suspension workshop mm-hmm. so it was suspension for larger individuals mm-hmm. and it was very cool it yeah. had a lot of really great information so it was the first glance at the dungeon yeah we got mm-hmm. to walk through the dungeon because that's where it was held it was held in the dungeon yeah uh, so we got to see kind of what was going on in there. So what, what's your take on the dungeon? Uh, I, I think that um, it's a lot of the stuff that you would expect to see in terms of like St. Andrew's crosses or benches or tables or things like that. Pen but I think that tables, the coolest a lot of mats things, on the floor. Yeah, but I think, and <laughs> there's a, a little space where uh, <laughs> there's like a, uh, what, a, a ball, ball pit. A ball pit. He and, really liked that. And like, <laughs> little like play areas which was cool there's like a pet area mm-hmm. with which, a little like a puppy cage and some like bones mm-hmm. on like a, like an astroturf section of the floor later in the evening i actually saw some dog fights while you were otherwise indisposed <laughs> and uh not real dog fights but um and and i think the coolest thing that was really kind of that stood out was uh like these aluminum superstructures that are used for for rigging Mm-hmm. Those were really cool. Mm-hmm. And there was like a fenced in area where mm-hmm. they could do uh, like whip stuff, like basically stuff that um, needed some space for safety, needed the crowd to stay back. Yeah, it was like a chain link fence. It was like six feet or eight feet tall mm-hmm. uh, to keep people safely inside and, and to keep the whip inside. Yeah. Yeah, but really, cool. you know, a little bit of everything. So I, I heard something at some point that sounded like barking. Yep. Was that... 
that it, it sounded it sounded like an actual dog in no. the expo hall. No, no, but you're gonna have to wait to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about later. that later. But yeah. I wanted to, I just wanted to yeah. flag it because we have not discussed it since it happened. Yeah, so we went and we did the uh, uh, workshop, mm-hmm. which the whole focus of it was trying to understand rigging and rope work, how it's it's differently applied to people with larger bodies. Mm-hmm. The presenters were Loop Girl and Rue. They mm-hmm. were excellent. Mm-hmm. They were just really funny and had a good good chemistry on stage. Yeah, good stage presence. A lot of good information. Yeah, there were probably, like, how many people were, were in the workshop? Like, maybe 70 or something? You think? That seems like a lot. But, yeah, yeah it was a lot of people. Yeah, like in that neighborhood. Yeah, it was a lot of people. Yeah, and, uh, and then they went through and kind of talked through uh, working with bodies of that of that stature, also talking about the fat composition versus muscle versus bone, mm-hmm. and kind of. how fat behaves differently mm-hmm. with rope, and um, ways to make sure that you're mindful of your bottom's feelings mm-hmm. about their body, like some of the ways you might want to avoid touching and yeah. things like that. So there was just a lot of good stuff there, and and there were I feel like. Yeah, it's okay. It's part of it. Yeah. I feel like uh, the hotel is literally by a highway. So if you come here, get the uh, room away from the highway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I think that they had ended the the uh, workshop with, it was kind of like two takeaways, right? And one of the takeaways was, if you're a top, that... Uh, that you're working with a bigger bottom in, in a rigging scenario, if you don't have the skill to be able to safely uh, rig them, mm-hmm. don't blame it on them right. for your lack of skill. Right, so don't say, I can't tie you because you're too big. You're too fat. Instead say, I don't have the skill to tie you. Yes, and, and if you don't have the skill to tie somebody, then make sure that you own that and make sure that you communicate that up front. Like yep. don't put somebody in an unsafe situation without them knowing it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I felt like there was just some really frank discussion there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think another thing that I experienced at the workshop that was kind of part of what's so fun about kink conventions mm-hmm. is the community aspect of it where we came in and we're a little late coming in and I'm a little self-conscious about coming in late. and. Um, kind of self-conscious about like my outfit and trying to like get everything to stay where it needs to mm-hmm. and uh, doing your the rigging of your own yeah, yeah. and I'm just kind of I'm just kind of feeling out of place and then we saw friends mm-hmm. and went across and they're like come sit down and uh, handed me a piece of chocolate yeah. and like we just like all cozied in together uh, and it was just so much more comfy and fun to be there yeah, so it makes I think, all the difference yeah the element of of trying to build community and, and know people at the events, it makes it a world of difference from just being at a place where everyone is a stranger. Yeah, so the workshop was really cool. Really cool. Yep, after that we went and had some lunch mm-hmm. uh, and then came back. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back after lunch, mm-hmm. uh, then, then Anna was feeling super overwhelmed just by all of the people because the number of people started crewing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a knock at the door. Oh, hey. Hi, so I'm coming in to air real quick before we go to tie for a little bit. Oh, yeah. You want some, want some ice cream? 
I didn't see the picture. What did you do? So just open that. Oh, did you find ice? Oh my gosh. We didn't buy it. Okay. So where do we leave off? So I just start with the part. Like, so we got back from lunch and we took a tour through the dungeon. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, some friends were running a BIPOC group and we wanted to peek in, but we didn't necessarily want to go sit in because it's not really our yeah. space. On the dungeon. <laughs> You're so annoyed. So annoyed. Uh, the first few hours that the dungeon was open, it was called like what, Cozy Dungeon or something? Mellow Dungeon. Mellow Dungeon. And so it was like fully lit and uh, what really, was there no music? It was like... I don't think there was music when yeah. we took the initial... No, there wasn't. There was no one at the DJ stand when we took the initial tour. Yeah, and all of the, the people there, there were it was pretty light play, pretty like mild things going on. Yeah. So we went in the dungeon really just to kind of peek in the side room where this uh, the social gathering was, and that was going great. And then we just kind of walked all the way around the dungeon mm -hmm. to kind of just put eyes on everything. Yeah, and by the time we finished the lap, then Anna was getting overwhelmed and everything was a lot and still wearing a plug at that point. Yeah, I'd been wearing the plug all day at that mm -hmm. point. And collar. And, and yep. everything is just kind of a lot. And just that. a lot of kind of talking to people yeah. and seeing things and, and hearing things. And the and head just, count and kind of density is really ramping up a bit. Yeah. And so I I was really proud of the way that that played out because normally what I would do in that situation is say, well, we came here to do a thing. I'm going to commit to the gonna thing. going to power through. Yep. going to just push through it and we're just going to like, we're just going to settle in at the dungeon mm -hmm. and, and play. And many times it just ends poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, I knew that I was I knew that I was feeling overwhelmed, and I knew that I just really wanted to come back to the room. But mm -hmm. you know, some part of me is like, "Oh, we can't do that because then it'll be a whole like fuck around to go back to the room." Mm -hmm. uh, and instead, I just I just admitted that that's what I needed, mm -hmm. uh, and we came back to the room. Yeah, kind of reset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, also. Uh, there there was sex that happened before we left in the morning. Oh, yeah, I forgot time. about that. Yeah, that happened. So yeah. then I was more worn out from that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got back to the room after we had toured the dungeon, and I, I really wanted to play, but I just didn't, I didn't know how to get into the right headspace for it. So we had a, a conversation, and we are just kind of talking through uh, the feeling of being overwhelmed and and what's driving it and what have you and the more that we talked about it um, we had the thought what if what if you wore a blindfold you had the thought mm. i said i wanted it to be darker in there which actually in all fairness it when we came darker. back they had turned the lights down which really yeah. helped i wanted it to be darker because it had this very like expo hall like bright lights feel to it you and expect it was, to see some tractors in there or something. yeah it was yeah. just it was a lot it just felt very exposed um and so i wanted it to be dim dimmer in there and then i said if it could just be the two of us mm -hmm. i would just do so much better it's it's perceiving all the people that are watching and i think i would get better at that when i'm more in the right mindset but that just getting started mindset it's really hard and, and then you had a brilliant idea. That was, what if we got a blindfold? Mm -hmm. Like, using blindfolds is not something that we've ever really done, like, you know, maybe early in our relationship. I mean, I, we've played with it kind of almost like a novelty toy, it's right? It's more like a toy, yeah. right? And largely haven't been 
into sensory deprivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then remember that there were a number of vendors on the floor that sold blindfolds. Mm-hmm. And like not like the crappy ones that you borrow from your grandma. Uh, or the <laughs> you bar- borrow blindfolds from your grandma? I, I do all the time. The, the sleeping like sleep masks. masks. Right? <laughs> sleeping masks or like the aloe. Yeah. Uh, cool masks or whatever, like whatever. No, <laughs> not that. So we saw a great vendor, uh, Bob the toy maker. Bob the toy maker. We actually had a really nice conversation with him about a bunch of the stuff he makes. Yeah, and really gave us thorough explanations of a lot of his stuff, which was mm-hmm. super cool. But the the mask that he has, the like blindfold mask, it's got buffalo leather on the outside, and then it's got this really soft like sheepskin, bright blue inside. And one of the big selling points of it is that it covers your eyes enough that you can have your eyes fully open inside of it and you will still entirely block the light. Uh, he also said, he said, the material won't make you sweat. Mm-hmm. You'll only sweat from whatever's making you sweat. <laughs> right. like, it, this won't make you sweat. Right. It won't stop you from sweating. Yeah. But um, so that just sounded really good to me. And it's true. It was very breathable because I had it on for a long time mm-hmm. and it was very comfortable the entire time. It never felt or anything yeah so we went back to the dungeon with mask in hand mm-hmm. and uh, suited up and found a table it was a mm-hmm. bench with a, actually a St. Andrew's cross On connected the other side, to but it. we never got to the St. Andrew's yeah. cross uh, and you actually told me to change mm-hmm. into my dungeon gear mm-hmm. and I was getting all set up I was gonna go into the bathroom and change and change <laughs> and so you said to just change right where I was yes and I did yes very bravely mm-hmm. and put the put the blindfold on mm-hmm. and it was magical because even though there was still a lot of voices and a lot of sounds to just block out kind of the visual of it's just it's such overload there's so much going on between all the sound and everything that you see and then your own kind of anxiety about like what do I look like to other people mm-hmm. or like who's looking at me or what am I supposed to be doing in here? Am I allowed to be doing this? Which is ridiculous because we're in a dungeon where everybody's right. doing this. But like this is kind of all this, all the noise that's on a loop mm-hmm. in my head. And the blindfold just did a really good job at helping to quiet all that stuff. Yeah. And had a really long flogging scene. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With the flogger and the crop and yeah. all and, kinds of stuff. And actually like the lighting was kind of pointed at the, the bench that we were working at. Yeah, my ass felt really warm, uh-huh. and I was I couldn't tell how much of it was from the impact and how much of it was from like the, the spotlight light. that yeah. was shining right on. It really me. was, really was, and then over the period of the time, then there are a bunch of people around the perimeter, and like there were all sorts of, of activities going on. We were right next to the puppy play area, uh, right next to where the uh, the whip area was with mm-hmm. the fence, um, and then like there were two or actually three puppies at one point like wrestling and fighting and barking and it was like <laughs> i'm paying attention to all this stuff while uh i'm i'm administering the flogging. While you're flogging right? me i love it right? and i'm recognizing that like i can actually like pay attention to whatever and mm-hmm. still like pay attention to you which mm-hmm. was really interesting then you got overwhelmed mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and and well and what happened was you uh in the course of touching me realized that I was wet Mm -hmm. and then you shifted gears into like out of like an impact mode into more of a sex mode yeah 
and I just found that that wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. I think that I just wasn't quite in a space where I felt safe enough or private enough to be ready for it. Well, and, and that's the whole different conversation in terms of like adrenaline reaction and how uh, having a flogging scene or impact scene puts you, at least you specifically, yeah. in, in an altered state of mind where sex isn't necessarily the, the thing that you're there for. Yeah, but it's really weird the way that, that my body reacts, right? Because I was yeah. like really wet yeah. and it's it's sexy to me, but it's like, I just need space between mm -hmm. impact and sex. It's like, I we do that and kind of amp me up and then I need like a certain amount of space and mm -hmm. then I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but I think historically always when we try to go between impact and sex, like, Impact during sex is great. Mm. If we're having sex and then like there's spanking happening, that's kind of it's almost like a side. Yeah, when well, it's often side attraction, not prolonged. It's different than like a focused impact scene. Yeah, uh, and I think that it's just when I'm in that mindset where I'm I'm kind of riding that adrenaline high, mm. then regular kind of sex stimulation just doesn't it doesn't hit right mm -hmm. and then in public even more so I think I just have this tendency to feel like I need a little bit of cover yeah when we're in public and I still haven't really figured that one out yet if that's if I need to overcome something in mm -hmm. order to do public sex scenes or if public sex scenes just aren't for me mm -hmm. I'm not sure yet which of those things is true yeah so we did impact we mm -hmm. did not do sex mm -hmm. uh, and then we basically reached the point where you said I couldn't have any more impact. Yeah, yeah. there were too much. There were too many signs that you were done, like <laughs> emotionally and, and physically, that like it was it was time to call it. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and then I remember standing up off the bench, and my legs were way less ready to hold me up than I mm -hmm. thought that they were. Yeah. And then we swapped you into your footy pajamas. Yes, because I started shivering. I got really cold. That dungeon, it's really cold in there, and it's actually really nice. It was warm. Was it warm? Yes. I felt they, like They it was heated cold. it up like several degrees. Did I was they? I was like breaking a sweat. Okay. Yeah. So it felt cold to yeah. me afterwards. Yeah. It felt warm during, but like I was no, yeah, getting I think, my ass beat, so yeah. I was like, oh, of course I'm warm. No, I think you were going through like... like drop I was having yeah mm -hmm. like drop stuff going on yeah because I started crying and I said I felt like I ruined everything yeah uh, which you know was because when we kind of sh shifted into sex mode and then I said <laughs> you checked in you were checking in really regularly and it was like I started wanting to talk to you and I thought about putting my hand up <laughs> and then I thought he'll check in in a minute yeah. and then you did yeah. check in uh, and you said something like, oh, you're being a really good girl. And I said, I don't think I'm doing so good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that was good, I think, because then we, and then you said, do you want to stop? Do you mm -hmm. want to go back to the room? And I said, I would take more impact. <laughs> yeah. But it was a, a really good, I, I would call it a success. Yeah, just I, because we, we learned a lot. Yeah, I think it was really successful. And again, the after part, uh, it was a really good moment because, well, so first we, we walked away from the bench and then you got me propped up on like a, a rope scaffolding. You had me hold on to it because I was not real steady. Uh, well, you went and cleaned up the bench and, and took care of that. Uh, and then 
it was like you being away from me for like the two minutes it took to Clorox wipe the mm -hmm. equipment was enough for me to be starting to like fall apart. And then I'm like standing there like shivering and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm really cold. <laughs> and then uh, I'm like kind of starting to cry and I'm like, uh, I feel like I ruined everything. And you said, that's how this is supposed to feel right <laughs> that's now. Right. And it's hard because, you know, I say all of this as someone who's done impact, done done kink stuff for many years yeah. um, but doing it in a public scene and especially in an enormous public scene like that like even a public scene where there's a handful of people standing around is different than this like enormous football field sized dungeon mm -hmm. where there's so many people and there's so many things going on and all this kind of energy in the space and all of the people who could potentially see you, it just, the adrenaline of the whole thing was so much at a higher mm -hmm. level. So, yeah, it's I sort know. Of, it's sort of like a Six Flags or something, uh, Six Flags theme park, mm -hmm. if As you've only to, ever been at like a playground. Yeah, I was just gonna say, compared to like a playground. Yeah. So like, yeah, I know that like, if we do an impact scene in our bedroom, that yeah, my legs are a little, you know, like sometimes I go to walk to the bathroom and I'm like, woo. Yeah. Right. But like it was different and the, the shivering and the crying, all of it, it was like the same reactions, but just much, much more intense. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was caught off guard a little bit by yeah. that part of it. But we came back to the room. Well, mm -hmm. I put on my footy pajamas yes. and I was warmer. And we came back to the room and you fed me pretzels and fruit snacks. And, and beef jerky. And beef jerky. And uh, found us a restaurant mm -hmm. to go to. Yeah. And we went and had an amazing dinner. So what else do we have? How do we end this? Uh, so that was our long and interesting day at Kingfest. Uh, tomorrow's the last day. Tomorrow we check out and head home. Uh, tonight it's late and we're exhausted. It's 11.17 and we've been up since like 4.30. Um, and and there's a chance that we're going to have a special interview with Miss Lucy Snow, who is the cover model. Yes, that's what I was going to say. So we have friends who are uh, at the dungeon now, but going to come over and hang out if we can stay awake until they get here. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, we're hoping to get an interview with Miss Lucy Snow, who uh, I'll put the cover of the program in the show notes if uh, well, I feel like probably she'll give permission for that mm -hmm. since it's plastered all over the entire over. the entire Kingfest. Uh, and we want to talk to her a little bit about what she and her partner experienced at Kingfest mm -hmm. and how that went for them. Yeah. Okay, we're back. That was an experience. That was an, a whole experience. So... I think this part recording after we got back and have had a few days to process, I just wanted to give us some space to kind of think about like, what did we learn mm -hmm. or how was it different than we expected? What levels did we get? Well, that's in a minute. Yeah. In a minute. We can talk about the levels. But before we get to the levels, what did you think? What well, did you think of Kinkfest? I, I felt a little frustration going into it because it seemed like it was going to be hard to put myself in the space and and understand what to expect. I just given my experience had a pretty good understanding of what to expect, but I, I think my frustration is more for the people, for the masses. That, <laughs> you know, somebody who was going to that without all of that other kind of tertiary or, or 
leading experience wouldn't mean, necessarily know. You mean without having been to like roughly a hundred thousand science fiction conventions? Those or or kink events <laughs> yeah, or, or swing events, right? Like all of those little things. Like it, it's like a convention um, with a bunch of kinksters, and like you can spot them from a mile away. You're like kinkster there, kinkster there in the hotel. You oh, could like tell in the hotel. You could totally tell that everybody was there for kink fest. It, it was, was great. It wasn't just their gear bags. It was like everything. And yep. and you know, oftentimes we stand out in the crowd. Yep. Oh, I do have a story that happened after the last time we recorded mm. when uh, we went downstairs to check out. Yep. And we packed up everything so quick that I wound up not having any underwear to put on. Yeah. So I had a dress. No underwear and a freshly bruised ass. And a backpack. <laughs> and a backpack. And we're standing there and someone comes up and taps on my shoulder. She's obviously been at the convention. She's wearing a collar, she, uh, dressed still kind of in some gear that makes it clear that she's she's one of us. Yep. And she taps me on the shoulder and she says, uh, your skirt is up. <laughs> and she said, I don't know if that's a thing. She or said, I, can't, I don't know for sure if it's part of the thing here, or if, or, but it didn't seem like it. And <laughs> It was and only like halfway up. I, I reach around behind me and my skirt is pinned up under my backpack, yep. <laughs> my whole ass out in the lobby for anyone to see. <laughs> nope, it wasn't a thing. I was like, nope, it's not a Kinkfest thing. It's just me not paying attention. Thank you, sister. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> Oops. What did you learn? Well, the vendor hall was amazing. Mm -hmm. I really loved the vendor hall. Just um, a lot of high quality stuff. Yeah, a lot of really nice stuff. And it was really fun to get to see. The thing that I noticed the most about the vendor hall were the colors. Mm -hmm. I feel like as someone who's always looking for kink gear in colors that aren't just black, I'm always looking for something purple, pink, rainbow, unicorn. And it's very hard to find that in person where you can see it or touch it like you can find stuff online but when you order stuff online you have no idea what kind of quality you're going to get mm -hmm. so being able to see so much stuff that really had a lot of uh, array as opposed to like the two different things you can choose from in the back of the sex shop was just really cool for me i really had fun with that mm -hmm. and there were a lot of really cool different things so you know there were vendors who had unique things that we've never seen before and also you know really nice products so in the case that you're just looking to do kink shopping for like toys or, or accessories, accoutrement, like you have three different vendors who all have high quality products that of the mm -hmm. thing that you're looking for. And then the choice is like nuanced, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which one do mm -hmm. I like the best? Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, we didn't like, like pretty much any convention we've ever been to we didn't get to as many workshops as i would like mm -hmm. as i would have liked but i feel like there were some really cool workshops some really cool instructors so that was really neat to kind of get a bunch of people together uh, who had a lot to say about mm -hmm. various like lots of really varied subjects so that was really fun um honestly being there with friends made a big difference it made the whole thing so much cooler yeah i feel like um there was one morning and we went in and you know, you, you kind of start to, you, your exhaustion kind of accumulates throughout the con so that like toward the end you start like just kind of having to drag yourself through, but you're like, but this is fun. So I'm mm -hmm. going to caffeinate up and do it. Uh, and, and I know we got into the workshop and I was just kind of overtired and overpeopled and didn't really know what to do. And then we looked across the room and saw our friends and like ran over there and sat next to them. And, you know, she handed me a piece of chocolate and it was just like, 
all of a sudden everything was more fun again and Mm -hmm. it was more like being at home. So I think going with people that you know is a really good way to help with all of the overpeopling and exhaustion of going to things like that. So that and that we've never gotten to do before. Yeah. We've never been to an adult event with people that we knew. Not quite true, but close enough. Yeah. I mean the ones that we ran, but I feel mm-hmm. like we didn't attend those. We ran them. Yeah. So it's a little different. Like yeah, the ones we ran, we knew all kinds of people, but mm-hmm. we weren't really looking for like the comfort of friends. We were just like, thank goodness someone else can carry this thing. Right. <laughs> um did we do it? I think we did it. It's a lot of material here. There's a lot here. It's yeah. actually, yeah, we're time traveling mm-hmm. and I haven't edited it yet, which I'm not looking forward to because we recorded like two hours of content that I have to somehow work into a podcast. So what levels did we gain? We gained kink convention levels. We did. Okay. Serious kink convention levels. Yeah. Like, did we gain two? We did. <laughs> it was a big convention. It was a big convention. We gained a uh, blindfold as a functional tool level. We did. Yeah. That was really, really interesting and useful. Yeah. Um, we gained new collar levels. Uh-huh. My beautiful new collar. So many levels. Hear that? <laughs> and also, uh, I'm going to say being associated with a cover model. It's true. We did that. It's true. We yeah. gained We gained that level. Yeah. Hear that, Lucy? <laughs> We'll see you on the next level. See you on the next level.